3: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However you're listening to this podcast, I'm just thankful that you're listening. Dispensing cannabis business business, knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by StrainWise Consulting.
1: Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's
3: delve into some Blunt Business with your host, 10 Core Concepts Incorporated, Eric Nutson, Eric, thanks for joining us on Plug Business.
0: Uh, thank you, Eric. P- pleasure to be
3: here. Hey, my pleasure. Really glad to have you on. I mean, God, there's so much being written read, read about you, and the story from the beginning was fascinating. And you know, again, we hear stories about how how people get into the industry and what's the ambition and what's the drive to get you in here. This story is definitely different. So, long story short, you were in the construction business based in your home of Boulder, Colorado. And this was in the mid-2000s. The Great Recession of 2008. The housing bubble came along. And then uh, you decided to go into jumping into the cannabis industry into beverages. And I don't, I'll don't. i give you a little chance to talk more about that. But now you've answered why you decided to create a cannabis soda. And fooddive.com asked you about this. which You were, got a couple of interviews I got a chance to read about what you said. You said this, quote, we were all just kind of brainstorming and looking at the market. I realized that at the end of the day, the two most commonly accepted forms of social adult interaction are drinking and smoking and everybody else is on the smoking side. We saw a big market need for a beverage for a truly social way to have cannabis. So I want to know is what made you think you can go from construction to creating cannabis infused beverages? <laughs>
0: it's a great <laughs> question. Um, I, I think, you know, to, to really get the, the, the full breath today, you know, obviously with construction and then all that in, in Boulder, uh, cannabis is definitely prevalent throughout my entire life as well. Yeah. Um, you know, being born and raised in Boulder, cannabis is always around. So it was something that I definitely had a, uh, had a, had a long, long, long lasting relationship with, to, to, to put it bluntly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, there we
0: go. you know, that, that's now, now on the beverages side, um, as, as we stated, we, we saw a market need for it. Um, yeah, the beverage industry had always kind of interested me. Um, I actually graduated from the University of Colorado uh, business school, took a, a lot of marketing classes Did a number of uh, case studies. And one of the case studies I did while I was in business school was, uh, Coca-Cola and, you know, really, uh, really fascinated me how they had built the business. Um, yeah, I remember writing, writing a, a pretty large paper on it and, you know, I've just there, there was something about it that came back when we were doing. Uh, we we, we so give a little bit more background before we started the uh, the the drink. We actually founded one of the first dispensaries in Boulder, Colorado, in uh, October 2009. And that's actually where we test marketed the, the sodas for the first time um, was in that dispensary. Uh, needless to say, we got out of the retail business about four or five months later. Hmm. But uh, that was after after we found that the uh, the beverages had taken off. Um, my brother and co-founder, uh, basically a self-taught engineer, Kelly, um, you know, the two of us essentially figured out how to, how to do a rudimentary extraction and infusion at the time. Uh, that that ended up working uh, we used soda stream machines and <laughs> you know that <laughs> you your, know. your standard on, on, entrepreneurial start we uh, we started in our in our kitchens at home bounced back and forth depending on uh, who's uh, whose wife was gone at the moment
3: <laughs> now real quick question while you were you know you know before you got into the business you obviously talked about how you were you know consuming canvas in some way shape or form were you working on anything in terms of any experimentation with uh, how to infuse it into certain things beforehand? I mean, uh, and in terms of how much um, did you consume it, probably in a, on a on a basis where you got to the point to getting experimental, or did you grow it yourself? Yeah, Anything mean, so, like that?
0: No, we uh, so, like I said, being, being in Boulder, cannabis was, was pretty pretty prevalent in my life uh, from a very young age. Um, I I mean, I started smoking when I was probably 14, 13 yeah, um, no, thirteen we're in there, seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. And no, it, it, it's, it's played a major role in my life. From I mean,
3: you know, well, well, cool. what, we, if, or what you do to experiment um, with it, if you did something like yeah, that early experiment,
0: on. Experimenting wise, we, yeah, we definitely, we, we were making hash for a while.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, as, as far as, yes, yeah, so the, the initial, the original hash methods that we use in Boulder and I think that most people are familiar with is a uh, cold water hash extraction. So, we used a Dutch, Dutch method of, of extracting, utilizing uh, bubble bags. Um, did that prior to the industry as well, so we had experience, you know, making ash basically. Right. Um, I wanted to make sure, know, kind of make that
3: across. That, you know, it was not just where yep. all of a sudden construction right in. Is that you were already, as part of the hobby, you were really taking time to go ahead and get that craft, and you got really good at it. So just, you know, from yeah, a, yeah, so, and then
0: yeah, so and then homebrew uh, with, with yeah. the beverages. The difficulty with the beverages when we when we began infusing those, I mean, it's one thing to infuse a brownie or something like that, but with with the beverages, obviously, it's you're talking about a a, a lipid. So cannabis oil obviously is, is fat. Uh, it's, it's it's an oil. Um, it does not mix well with water. Uh, and right. One of the big issues that we were we were running into is obviously we didn't want to use alcohol in the beverages. Um, So let's talk about that real quick.
3: I want to just make a point about that real quick just to go through. Let's talk about the full product line real quick and just kind of go into what you are working on right now as a total. So from that (laughs) early start, breaking, you know, uh, cold water hash, you've expanded with Keith Brands. The company has expanded beyond soda. You do sparkling water, energy shots, healthy juice blends and oils. You are now working with Syria Brewing Company, uh, which was founded by the former Brewmaster of Blue Moon, Keith Villa, who also interviewed here on uh, Cannabis Radio, and you manufacture and distribute non-alcoholic, which you just mentioned THC-infused Grain Wave beer. So you got products now in California, Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, overseas in Puerto Rico, Jamaica. Wow! You're planning to expand to Massachusetts, Oklahoma, Oregon, Washington. So you yep. are going through the whole process. You have built this line, and you've been expanding it to so many different beverages, going into beer, just like you said. Talked about how you're able to manage the expansion and how this cannabis component has caused any bumps in the road and and you know first off take me back to the uh, issue of not wanting to do non-alcoholic and the some of the decisions you've made building this product line out
0: yeah so I, I think you know one of one of the big uh, driving factors that we discussed earlier um, you know throughout our entire process of, of building building the Keith brand line and building out our company has been providing people with an alternative um, method of, of social interaction um, obviously from a medical side we all, we all know the benefits uh, but I think we also saw the writing on the wall even when we started that you know this was this was moving towards a, a, an adult use you know recreational type of environment yes. and you know for me obviously the beverages were huge um, you know being being so social you know lubricant essentially of society for as long as they have um, I myself have had issues with you know with alcohol within my family and everything for oh. a long time, so so really finding a uh, an alternative, you know, to alcohol was was a big deal for me. It hit it, it a personal note, and you know nobody wants to be at a party with their hands in their pockets. But no, quick question <laughs> because point, uh, of
3: of the idea where, you know, and there've been people that kind of made the discussion, the argument about how, you know, replacing alcohol with THC instead, and and the amount that you can have. Um, if it's any issues towards the kind of impairment that you have with it, or just really, it still comes down to just responsibility. And I guess how you weighed that out.
0: Yeah, it's, for me, it's all responsibility. You know, whether you're talking about alcohol, I mean, prescription pills, no matter what it is, it, you know, every everybody's got a responsibility to to manage their intake of whatever yeah. substance it is. And you know, obviously, there, there are those that, that they cannot, and unfortunately, you know, they. Yeah. You know, addiction is addiction is real. There's, um, there's, it's a real issue that, that people face and deal with, and families face and deal with. And you know, alcohol is probably the biggest culprit of them all. Um, that being said, I'm still not going anywhere. Uh, now, from a dosing standpoint, the 10 million this is highly debated. Yeah. <laughs> the 10 milligram number basically came out of thin air. Um, there was really no. Logic behind it, um, you know, most most edibles in, in the medical market in Colorado when it started in 2010 were dosed at about 100 milligrams. Uh, they're still dosed at 100 milligrams today. Um, obviously, that that dose is far too large for about 95 percent or more of 99 percent of the population probably. Um, obviously, from a medical standpoint, it is, is definitely a therapeutic dose, and, and you know, most cancer patients uh, that that I know. Um, and, and other patients with severe pain or, or you know, real nausea or, or any type of, you know, eating issue, that's it's about where they are. But that being said, you're not going to take that as, as a brand-new consumer. Um, the 10-milligram number was basically a distillation of that 100-milligram that everybody lobbied for and agreed upon back in 2011 um, and 12 when, when the, the draft rules and the initial rules surrounding the um, – amendment 64 were were being uh put together uh, prior to its passing so it it has no basis in science no basis in in, in anything real um my my take in all reality most i think most consumers most new consumers of cannabis myself included really from an edible standpoint i I can smoke a lot more than i can eat um it it should be about I, i like five milligrams um, you know, we, we've, we've made special batches of two and a half milligrams, sparkling waters for private events where people can consume them like beer, basically, where you can have four of them to get to 10 milligrams over the course of, you know, two hours. And, you know, you're not so blitzed that you can't participate in the party. And I really see the, I see the dosage going down, not up, um, from here in, in most new markets, uh, definitely in, in social settings. Um, yeah, there's there's, there's nothing worse than getting uh, over over uh, medicated and yeah. stuck stuck right. in a couch at a party.
3: Now I noticed that the the Green Wave beer it's a Belgian style white ale and it's 10 ounce bottle and it offers uh five milligrams of DHC to drinkers. But the one thing is, if it's anything like tastes like Blue Moon, it must be good. And I mean, obviously, really enjoy that with an orange slice on top. Had I've had more of my share. Uh, now oh, yeah. with that said, uh. When you've done any kind of tests, and I guess for your own self, when you've sampled Grain Wave, really what it comes down to is, I mean, do you feel like this is something where the market could change things around once this is much more available and accessible, that this will feel, especially for those that are looking to just, either want to just get away from alcohol uh, altogether or to have something that was um, a good replacement, a better vice to have would be this kind of beer, like, do you feel like um, the taste, the component and how it makes you feel after the fact, does it, do you feel like it just gives you a much better feeling, I guess, instead of what an alcoholic beverage would give you?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the Cerea and John from a flavor profile tastes exactly like blue mug. Um, nice. exactly, it's actually a little more, it's a little more citrusy. Um, we on, like that, the, yeah. with, yeah, we infused it with, with, with more of the orange from the, from the bat. Now it's definitely not like a citrus IPA, but it, it is a very, very good beverage. Um, I I've, I've used it personally to replace alcohol and, and at a number of parties already. Um, it is, it is definitely meant to be a, an alcohol replacement. Um, man, and I see it, I see it gaining steam in that direction. I think the big beer companies and alcohol companies are seeing it as well. Uh, which has led to a number of massive investments into this industry from the biggest investments, obviously to date. Um, you yeah, know, the biggest one being from constellation brands into canopy at, you know, yeah. about three and a half billion dollars us. So, uh, it's got their attention as well. Um, one, one of the statistics that, that doesn't get quoted very often is, is that basically since, since 2013, the implementation of amendment 64, uh, we've seen a decrease in alcohol sales in Colorado of almost 15. percent
3: Wow! That's why
0: the population has increased. So every every big liquor company in the world is taking notice of that. Um,
3: That's what trying to also some of those companies are trying to make their own right now. They're trying to get into that market themselves. Yeah. So they see it, and I'll tell you, it's something to be said. Where you know, and I don't know why. Mainstream media likes to go ahead and t- attack Colorado. Oh, crimes are up. No, they're not. You know, oh, alcohol, it's like there's just certain things that just get misconstrued or they don't get reported at all. And you just made that point exactly. Now, Eric,
0: yeah, well, there's, there's statistics, statistics, <laughs> and lies. <laughs> More or less. All, you, you can correlate just about anything. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, you can spin it around if you want. Uh, yeah, you can spend just about
3: anything. Yeah, yeah. Go work That's with your abacus and figure out whatever you want it to be. So, Eric, I'm going to yeah. bring up a very important subject coming up on the other side of this break. The long-standing extraction debate between THC, distillate, and BHO extraction. And I know you must know about this. And we're going to give a full explanation of this exact debate right here for folks on blunt business. I mean, if I can't give you a better tease to stick around. So take a minute to hear me out about the... 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Which some, we have some great things going on. The day before, on August 2nd, which is a Friday, we will have Bruce Clay, who is the expert SEO specialist. He's a person that coined the term search engine optimization. He will have an SEO workshop for those to participate in, a doctor's seminar, doctor's education. If you want to take the exam so that you can be one of those uh, medical marijuana licensed doctors, you can take the test if you like, or you can just listen in and find out if it's good for you. We'll also have a Cultivators Workshop all on August, August 2nd. We'll have sessions, tracks full of digital marketing, legislation, advocacy, cannabis, business, uh, medical research, uh, medical marijuana, all across the board. We'll have a full complement of tracks, a jam-packed show floor full of hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors from dispensaries to you know, th- different product lines to advocacy to just everything you can think of under the sun. All the major dispensaries in Ford will be represented. We hope you'll join us August 3rd and 4th inside the Hyatt Regency Hotel in downtown Miami for the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. You can register right now. At USccxpo.com. Thank you all for registering so early as well. Getting in ahead of the early bird. I'm so thankful to see all those tickets being gobbled up right now, and we have lots left to go ahead and give out, but we want to make sure you get yours. So please heed this announcement. Go set up your plans to visit us in Miami. Register now at USccxpo.com. Stay tuned for the big the discussion on THC Distillate versus BHO extraction. We'll have that after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more blunt business. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today.
1: Expo.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business
3: on cannabisradio.com. Welcome back. I'm here with Egg the CEO of Keith Brands, K-E-E-F brands, and a really interesting subject. One of the more one of the things I've been really looking forward to, because I was tipped off to this a few weeks ago on a previous episode of Blunt Business. Uh, and I really thought that having that t- the opportunity when i knew i was going to talk to eric today on the program this was the discussion i definitely want to have somebody that's working on edibles and working on beverages in, in particular this was important to me so first of all keith brands uses a clean co2 based method of isolating the full spectrum terpenes and other volatiles from the cannabis plants without degrading their original chemical nature most other methods utilize heat which can harm the compounds now as i mentioned we had the discussion where edibles were discussed, and I was introduced to the extraction debate between THC distillate versus BHO extraction, burnt hash oil. Now, according to Oxford Dictionaries, distillation is the action of purifying a liquid by a process of heating and cooling, and distillates are liquids that are the end result of this process. THC DHT, DHT distillate excuse me, is so pure, it doesn't even contain chlorophyll, It can reach up to 99% cannabinoid content, so it's as pure as you can get. Impurities such as pesticides and fungi residuals, plant fats, and waxes are all removed from the process. The process is much more complicated in BHO extraction. Now, in fact, labs make THC distillates from scratch. They have fully automated systems to do decarboxylation, winterization, fractionation, and short-path distillation one after another. Butane hash oil, BHO, it's a type of concentrate made by extracting THC and terpenes from cannabis flowers or trim using butane, pressure, and heat. Now, now, I've explained that to the audience. Now, let's talk about this. Take me through the attention to detail that Keith Brands implements. What's your overall take of this extraction debate and the method of removing impurities from the flower?
0: Absolutely. So to give a little bit of background, just kind of from a qualification standpoint, uh, my sure. my youngest brother and I, Kelly, who co-founded Keep with me, uh, also founded another business called Icewood Extraction Systems. Um, IES, was are based out of Boulder, Colorado as well. Um, we're one of the largest CO2 extraction manufacturers in the United States currently. Wow. So we actually manufacture large-scale equipment um, all the way from, you know, startup machines of five liters up to dual 200 liter uh, machines for you know automated for the, the hemp industry. Um, we actually started building butane machines originally, so we have experience with both. We've operated both butane and CO2 extraction uh, technology for the last seven years um, no, really, eight, eight years from when we started with CO2 and seven years with uh, butane. Um, so, pretty well, pretty familiar with, with both methods. Um, uh, distillation can be done off of either butane or CO2 extraction, um, you're, but you're basically taking a raw extract and then and running it, as you said, through some method of, of isolation. Um, CO2 as, as a primary extraction method is probably the, the, the it, it is the only one really that you can fraction um, out, out of the initial extraction from the plant material. Um, both ethanol and butane are single pass extractions from, from on the initial extraction, so you're going to get everything all at once. Whereas with CO2, you can isolate based on temperature and pressure and time um, different different molecules of the plant um, on your initial extraction passes. Uh, from a distillation standpoint, um, so for Keith brands, kind of bringing it back there, we chose CO2 extraction as, as a method in order to be able to. To isolate out the cannabinoids from the terpenes upon initial extraction. Um, once, as you stated, once you get to the point of distillation, by nature you're using heat and pressure, and at that point if there's terpenes still involved, you're going to be damaging, you're going to be changing the chemical nature of the yeah. volatile. Um, so the primary volatiles in the cannabis plant are terpenes, terpenoids, and flavonoids, all three of which can be damaged using under heat and pressure, um, especially heat. Pressure not so much, but definitely heat. Uh, almost all distillation you, utilizes some form of heat, um, whereas CO2 extraction is, is usually done in an extreme cold. Uh, we, we we do a two-part CO2 extraction at Keith, uh, basically the first pass. We do a very low temperature and pressure, um, That that's done in order to Preserve the, the the actual nature of the, the volatile. So, like I said, the terpenes, the flavonoids, and the terpenoids. Uh, once that extraction is completed, we then run it through a second pass at a much higher temperature, not much higher temperature, but a much higher pressure. Um, and that that's basically your, your subcritical CO2 extraction at about 1300, 1400 psi. Uh, from there, we're, we're removing all the cannabinoids. We get a lot fair amount of wax and fats, but not too much. Um, we, we, we believe in a slower, slower longer cook. Um, to get it out Uh, so we we wind up with about a 70 to 75 percent cannabinoid extract uh, post uh, terpene terpenoid flavonoid extract so on the second path Um, from there we take that and then we'll distill that down utilizing short path distillation technology um, or white film depending on which which facility we're at both of which result in the same product which is basically a 90 percent somewhere between you know 88 to 93 percent um Full spectrum cannabinoid distillate. So, wow. by full spectrum cannabinoid, you're talking basically all, all whatever whatever cannabinoids were in that initial extraction maintained. Uh, most of the waxes and fats are removed. That chlorophyll is all removed during that process. Um, the reason we do a, lo- a longer, slower CO2 extraction is so that we don't have to go through a winterization process, which is actually the most the most ti- um, timely and yeah. costly extraction to, from a time standpoint. So we, we try to avoid that utilizing CO2, whereas with ethanol or, or any of those other single pass methods, you're going to wind up needing to, to, to winterize in, in some form because you are pulling so much more chlorophyll um, u- utilizing those techniques. So that's the primary reason we, we go with CO2 over butane or um, ethanol for edibles, especially that in, in order to separate out the terpenes and flavonoids and all that, it's very difficult to do with butane. Unless you're going to run it through a short path type of distillation, um, butane pulls everything all at once. Um, now that said, I am also a fan of butane extraction, and the for certain products, it's, it's okay. what you want. You know, and most most of it being smoking products. Um, from an edible standpoint, I do not believe it's 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 a Correct. great methodology for for edible infusion because it's it's it is very difficult unless unless you're looking for a full spectrum edible, uh, which. I do believe the market is is going to eventually move back towards, especially for for your connoisseurs and, and those those of us that, that enjoy the flavor of cannabis. Um, I I do see the edible industry hopefully embracing those flavonoids and terpenes and you know, and, and terpenoids that, that that make cannabis cannabis. So,
3: it's an interesting, it's just an all interesting concept because number one, you know, from one, from the experts I talked to on the program here, they mentioned a lot of commercially available edibles are from distillate. And there's a point where you say where there's a time and a place for which extraction method you want to use, whether it's distilla or BHO. So that makes complete sense to me. I I, I totally see the logic behind that. And most importantly, you know, when you're doing this together, it's not just you, you know, just trying to put some process together. You built machinery to make this work so you can do this efficiently and to do it properly so all those impurities are taken out. So that's very good to understand. And the one thing that was made mentioned by uh, what I mentioned on this as well is that one of the recommendations was made when it comes to buying the right edibles is to ask if they were done through distiller or BHO, which I thought was an interesting thing to ask for. But again, there's nothing better than a a very uh, researched and, you know, a, a, a very conscious consumer. And well read up. I thought just very important to kind of mention that. So also makes you feel easier for those that are dispensing out to know exactly what you're looking for. That, you know, it's one of those things. It's just like if you're going to a store and you're asking for organic or gluten, it's the same idea. You want it to have a certain process because you know how well it's going to come out. It's just be much more natural. So that makes sense totally to me. How about the money when it comes to edibles? Let's talk about the numbers because, you know, ask yourself why edibles? Well, I'll tell you why. In 2018, the cannabis edible, edibles market was 2.3 billion dollars. Hold that number for a second. That's according to figures by market research firm The Brightfield Group. By 2022, it's expected to be 5.3 billion dollars. Wow, including medical and adult use. Now, for hemp CBD edibles, it's 100.100.2 million, expected to reach 4.9 billion by 2022. So it's a lot of money there, Erica. Now, how do you see edibles in the pecking order of cannabis consumption versus vaping a flower? I've been reading a lot of different research and having a lot of people in the program talking about, depending on the market, depending on you know, what kind of uh, uh, demographic you're going after, how are edibles being looked at for the focus of customer demand when you have everything else that's available on a store shelf?
0: Well, I, I think, you know, just, just based on, you know, the, the real numbers and when you look at market data, edibles are definitely increasing and have been increasing, you know, ever, ever since the advent of, of, of regulated cannabis. Um, you know, I think with the, the stigma around smoking in general at this point, um, whether it's smoking cannabis, smoking cigarettes, wh- whatever it may be, um, we're, we're going to continue to see a rise in, in, in other methodologies of consumption, um, especially with the, the onset of, of uh, social adult use and bills and then, you know, social use in general. Um, you know, we, we have a bill in Colorado right now that, that basically is about to legalize social use clubs, um, you know, creating uh, Amsterdam coffee shop like yeah. um, operations all across the state. Long
3: time coming uh, by the way. Yeah. So,
0: long time coming. Now that being said, those operations are going to have to operate under the same rules and regulations as all other indoor establishments in Colorado, which is the Colorado Clean Air Safety Act, uh, which basically says you cannot smoke inside. So you know with that, and that those have those, those laws sit across the country as well, um, it's smoking smoking on a whole is, is decreasing. Um, this current generation that's coming up does smoking cigarettes at a far lower rate than any other generation and smoking flour at a lower rate than any other generation. Yes. Um, and that is the new consumer. So I, I, I do see edibles continuing to gain traction and steam. Um, I think the social edibles like the beverages, uh, like I said, with, with the onset of, of these types of you know, social clubs are going to also begin to, to increase in um, both availability and, and use. Um, so it's it's a pretty exciting time to be in the edibles industry. Um, you know, for us, it's it's been a long time coming on the social use side. We're very excited about it. Um, you know, I, I think vaping also, obviously, you know, which cool. which we we produce a number of award-winning vape pens. Um, it, it will will also continue to to, to grow in, in both popularity and use uh, for the same reasons.
3: Yeah, it's amazing all that's going on now. Where you have the market definitely is changing and i feel like i I mean i haven't seen a whole lot you know support the argument But i really do feel like flour takes a back seat it's just it's being more used as the product to create other products more than it is stand alone because i think people don't want to go through the trouble cleaning glass going to the you know proper care and uh taking care of what they need to do to make sure, you know, just even going through the process of rolling and just when the products are already pre-made and ready to consume, instead of going through the trouble and preparing it. I mean, yes, people are going to still have that, but I think younger consumers and those that are adapting into the culture and adapting into the products, they're going to want vaping or edibles. I think it's just much easier to ease. There's more people to go ahead and take into it and have it for the first time compared to anything else, and I could see it absolutely that way. But now there are... You know, naysayers out there that are kind of putting it out there. And of course, I thump against mainstream media and I thump for anybody, any kind of publications that, unless they give proper context or at least, you know, when things are being talked about in terms of anything when it comes to cannabis or hemp, I just, I have to go after it. But here's what happens here WebMD put out an article waving a red flag against edibles. They cited some stats about the edibles market, which I will not talk about here. But uh, one of the people they talked about, that was uh, from the space, was a general counsel for the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, Jonathan Miller. He made this point about this story. Until edibles get the blessing of the FDA, buyers can do their own research before buying CBD edibles. Edibles, If you're looking for CBD from hemp, make sure on the package it is hemp and it doesn't have high levels of THC, unless that is what you're looking for. He also said, quote, there are lots of fake products. Sometimes they don't have any CBD in them. Other times they have more THC than is allowed in hemp products, and I can imagine that some of the people that you know, where the black market is also very much rampant. There's a presence that raises these kind of flags. So, talk about these issues and how you've been able to handle those. Obviously, you have experience, you know, just growing up in the you know using cannabis itself and you know doing extracts yourself. So, what do you see about those kind of uh, red flags? I mean, are they warranted? How do you feel about it?
0: Well, you know, I, I think like as, as we discussed earlier, if anything, people have a responsibility to consume appropriately. Um, you know right. I, I, I in addition to that and you know, to kinda of further qualify that, I think all of us have had a bad experience with an medical before. Right? <laughs> I don't know so many people that don't have the college brownie story, you know, where where they you know anybody's got around and, and cooked up a batch of of, of, of cannabis brownies and over medicated themselves. Um, it's easy to do. And, you know, it's, it's why regulation is, is appropriate and necessary in, in this poor part of the industry. Um, that being said, I think there's a lot of misinformation running around out there about, about edibles in general um, and definitely about the dangers of edibles. Uh, as a, you know, m- most people actually don't know, <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> most information out there cannabis is, is non toxic which means there is no known level of toxicity that will kill a human being directly from the consumption of cannabis. It does not kill you. It does not does not work in that part of the brain. It shuts down the respiratory system or the heart. Mm-hmm. So unlike opioids and, and other narcotics, uh, there is no possible way to overdose on it unless you overconsume the raw flour to the point that your stomach bursts. So no matter how high you get, unless you have a pre-existing medical condition, like this article talks about somebody yeah. that has, 80-year-old guy with a heart condition, probably shouldn't be eating 100-milligram sativa edibles. Thank you. (laughs) And he also probably shouldn't be, you know, doing cocaine or (laughs) running upstairs or doing a number of other things that that people do.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and some people just need to be, again, accountable. It's it's the word for everything. So we're here with Eric Nusson, CEO of Keith Brands. What a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking a few things that we really wanted to point out. So I want to talk about Keith brands in general when we come back from the break. So please stick around, folks. More with Eric Knudsen here on Blunt Business after this.
1: Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
3: Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. I hope you didn't
1: forget about us, because we're back with
3: Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with final questions for Eric Dunson, the CEO of Keef Brands, K-E-E-F Brands.com. And while we go through this uh, section of the show, make sure to go look at the website, K-E-E-F Brands.com. So many different products to choose from, uh, from vape pens to colas to sparkling water to shots, pods. So much is going on here. We'll talk about that in just, uh, just a second. But one of the things that was just mentioned that recently – Westward, which is a major Denver publication or Colorado publication. Uh, you won a reader's choice award for best edibles company. Congratulations. How does it feel to get that distinction from your hometown?
0: Uh, it, it, it was, it was a, a, an amazing um, accomplishment for our team. You know, I think we, we've worked very hard to, to, to be not only now only produce good, good products, but to be a good company. And for that to to come out especially being a reader's choice you know from from the general public um, it, it meant a lot for our whole team um, it really did i can't, can't tell you how excited we all were about it so it was it was a very cool um, nomination to begin with and then obviously achievement to, to win it so we're, we're, we're very proud of it
3: we're very a lot proud of the team for being
0: able to give out
3: you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of peers within your space that get a chance to. I mean, that's a, real, a lot of respect there when it comes from the people of Colorado, those that are within the space that enjoy your products and that the readers pointed out. Really good stuff. Now, I want to go ahead and talk about the lineup of products. Take a couple. Take a minute or two. Talk to our listeners and let them know about you know the full product line of brands and just take a few, take a few, minute or two to go ahead and talk about the products and let us know more about what Keith is all about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as we discussed earlier, we, we started with sodas. Um, so, basically, your traditional traditional sodas back in 2010, um, the you know, colas, root beers, all of that. Um, we, we sold those primarily for the first about year um, and then launched a, a, a smaller um, product, uh, similar to a five hour energy style shop, uh, two ounce and then four ounce product. Uh, from there, uh, we, we launched the first cannabis energy drink in 2012, called Flow Energy. Uh, Flow is basically a a sativa-infused cannabis energy drink that my brother and I formulated from scratch using agave instead of sugar, all natural ingredients. Um, In 2016, 17, we launched uh, the first cannabis-infused sparkling waters. uh, Basically a full zero calorie adult beverage. Uh, one, one of the only kind on the market, so uh, very been very very happy with that product. It's actually one I probably consume the most. Um, then in 2018, last year, we launched our uh, our, our largest product, um, basically our, our highest milligrams. So we have a 100 milligram a multi-serving product called Keep Life and Keep Shots, which basically is a dosable um, type of edible beverage that, that can be. You know, infused to other products, or, or taken as a whole for, for those consumers that we talked about earlier that, that need a higher dose, which you know I mean, there are there are still a large number of consumers out there that, that they want that 100 milligram dose. Um, we've got a, a whole new line of products, obviously coming out around the alcohol or, or non-alcoholic side. Um, the first one that you know we co-launched with was uh with Keith Via and, and the team over there, um, yeah. Green Wave very excited about that product. It's, it's had tremendous market uh, acceptance so far in Colorado. I think we're about 50% of the dispensaries with it. Um, we're about to launch on Cinco de Mayo, uh, the key Arita and the key Mojito. So <laughs> basically uh, both in the single serving and in the multi-dust form, it'll be the first cannabis um, only non-alcoholic margar- margarita and Mojito. So um, wow. we're, we're very excited about those two products. Um, obviously coming out for Cinco de Mayo. Uh, it's, 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 it should be pretty cool.
3: I also see the bait uh, page. Pen you got all sticks, key sticks. There's either full spectrum CO2. You also have T C pens available in hybrid Indica Certiva. I love the sticks. I actually like love the look of that stainless steel silver, that real nice sleek shape to all those products. I love that too. So available in all, so all the areas that you sell your products. I like that as well.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah, and that's been once again. I've been, I mean, the experience that we did in extraction, it was kind of a, it was an easy transition for us to start manufacturing pens. We actually launched the the original oil sticks line in 2013, and we're one of the first CO2 extraction um, and vape pen companies in Colorado yeah. uh, back then. So we've got a lot of experience making them. and I think they're great products. We have both full spectrum, non-distillate, all the way to distillate products. So pretty much
3: anything for anybody and all those lucky people arizona california colorado michigan nevada puerto rico and jamaica man i hope it gets to Florida someday something because i'd like to go and get some people tipped off to what you guys have i guess it looks like some great products and uh it really i do ha- i really have enjoyed having our conversation eric it's been really fun and uh, real quickly if you have uh, questions queries uh, anything about any past guests or anything we should be talking about here on blunt business by all means reach out and email The show at Brasco, B-R-A-S-C-O, at CannabisRadio.com, B-R-A-S-C-O at CannabisRadio.com. Thanks for joining us, folks. You can download past episodes of Blunt Business by going to CannabisRadio.com. And uh, by all means, remember, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the show there. Leave us a five-star rating. We'll really appreciate it. And also find the show on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.
2: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone.